0: Listening to the Senior Style Guide Real Talk Podcast, episode 32. I'm your host, Sean Brownan. We have Jed Tofer of White House Custom Color joining us for today's episode. If you are joining us from the This Convo podcast, which is Jed's, thank you for joining us. He is a past photography studio owner who has now transitioned to working and being a key component of White House Custom Color, which is one of the largest professional printing labs in the nation. We also had his wife on for, I believe it's episode 21, who is Vicky. And together, they actually ran their studio in Illinois. And really, this is how Jed got into the world of photography. He was kind of the -the behind-the-scenes guy, the business guy, the, the one who was working with the labs and really is kind of how he found out about White House Custom Color was through photography. And um, it's funny now how he's now working for it and really one of the key components to making sure that that they work and that they run and um, bringing materials and new info to photographers. So that's super cool. One of the things that we talk about in this episode is just a variety of things about life and really just how photography can be so much to so many different people. Um talking about experiences of what what he enjoys and um just his experiences working on the lab side as well, which we don't get to see a lot. So, enjoy this episode, episode 32 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. If you're joining us on YouTube, Welcome to that. Today, I'm stoked to have Jed Topher on. Hopefully, I'm saying it right. I believe it is Topher, um, (laughs) who is from White House Custom Color. Um, They are one of the the go-to print labs, not only for me, but for tons of other professional photographers from across the nation who just do an exceptional job, uh, have tremendous customer service skills. Uh, So, we're just going to sit down with Jed and just kind of hear his take on life, the photography industry as a whole. And really dive into some topics that are relevant to you guys as well. So, I wanna always say, start it out by saying welcome and thank you guys, thank you for coming on to to Real Talk this morning, Jed. Thank you for having me. So, give people a rundown. What is White House Custom Color? Who are you? What are you doing here? White
1: House Custom Color is a professional lab um, that offers, we offer all kinds of products um, from basic prints um, to albums, books. Um, and wonderful wall display products, uh, wood, metal, uh, we can print on an awful lot of things. And we strive for the highest quality. We pride ourselves on our customer service um, and our very, very fast shipping times and our reliability, essentially. Um, I, we, are, we are one of the biggest professional labs in the nation, um, and we've been around for about 35 years now.
0: Awesome. Is there anything that you guys have tried printing on that you were like... <laughs> this isn't happening. Like what's the weirdest thing that you guys have tried to print on?
1: Oh, we've tried all kinds of weird substrates and materials and you generally know pretty fast, you know. We have yeah. a we have a pretty solid R&D team that isn't afraid to try stuff out and and see what works and what doesn't work and most of the time if it doesn't work,
0: you know right away. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, like tanned cowhides for that oh, rustic appeal like, or anything like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're like, well, we'll move on from that. And because there's, you know, there's so many different options these days.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I know you guys, you mentioned the wall art and the metals and the canvases and um, sister company Pro DPI, too, to you guys, yeah. um, who I use for, you know, canvases and stuff. And you guys just have the best, most tightly wrapped canvases that I've ever <laughs> looked at and felt in my life.
1: It, quality is a huge deal. You know, there, there's a, a lot of our clients um, have a very discriminating clientele themselves, and so the quality of the product has to be, you know, at the utmost level of level of uh, standard, right? So we, it has to be great. You know, that's that's really what it comes down to.
0: Totally. Um, so let's give a little bit of backstory for for those who are wondering who, who you are. Because, you know, with White House, we don't really... I, I have the opportunity um, through, you know, going to trade shows and that sort of thing to really put a face to your guys' lab. But for those who maybe have never been to WPPI or a, a conference that you guys are at, like the PUSH conference, um, who are you? Kind of how did you get into White House and what's your role there?
1: My wife discovered White House I think in 2002 or three somewhere way back then and that was when you know we've had a photography studio for about well it's been 20 years and we've worked together in some capacity from the very beginning and we did we went through you know the digital transition from film to digital in I think 2001 and it was messy and we just weren't getting results from our former lab uh, or any of the former labs we were using because we were trying all kinds of stuff to try to get you know consistent color and she ordered a poster from this little lab in St. Paul Minnesota at the time and I saw the color and it was exactly it was a certain brown tone that we were doing that was like a, a big deal at the time. And and it, it was just right on. And I said, Where is that from? And she said, This little lab in Minnesota called White House. And I said, White House? I said, Do they do they do other stuff? <laughs> she's like, Well, I think so. And so we sent them a bunch of test prints and everything just came back right on the money. And at the time, that was virtually miraculous for us. Because we were we were fighting with each other, you know, she's the photographer, and I I was at the time I was the photoshop guy doing everything on the back end and ordering all the prints and they would come back magenta or they'd come back you know blown out or you know some some sort of problem except when we found white house so a lot of times we joke around that uh white house saved our marriage (laughs) (laughs) because in a sense they did
0: literally though
1: it was two years of we were at each other's throats on and off for two years it was rough
0: yeah and then how did you get into working for White House? You find this lab. They're in, is it St. Cloud or St. Paul? They, or? Were,
1: they were in St. Paul. They've, they have since moved to Eagan, Minnesota, yeah. which is right up there, uh, out, out, just outside of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And, you know, we, after, after that process, we just essentially got to know them really well. They were much smaller in 2003 than they are today and it, you know it's it's like when you it's like anything when you regarding relationships right with a with a company that you really that you really really like even like if you think about some of the local places like i go to to um breakfast at this local diner up here and one of the reasons i go back there is because i know everybody that's there mm-hmm. and I, the reason i know everybody that's there is because i frequented their establishment and got to know everybody and so relationally um that's where i 'm going to go if I want breakfast, right so that's kind of what happened with White House and it was much more feasible back then because of how small they were and we were all kind of you know in the hustle in the mix of this hustle totally. at the at the beginning of sort of the digital transition, so to speak, so we were growing they were growing we were we were dealing with a lot of the same issues and struggles because people don't realize but you know in two thousand two and three you couldn't just hop online mm-hmm. and get all the information that would steer you in the right direction. Now the internet was a thing, but it wasn't the thing that it is today. So really very few people had answers that were reliable and that you could trust. And when, so when we found them and realized that they were just, that they had it figured out, it was such a big deal that relationally, um, it just worked out for both of us. It was like a really good fit, you know. Totally. I don't know, five or six years after that, we talked about, because we were were speaking and they were sponsoring us and, you know, that that intensified the relationship, solidified the relationship, so to speak. And uh, when at some point they uh, asked me to come and work for them if I'd be interested. And by that time, my wife and I had been working together for 10 years and that takes its toll (laughs) and I think we were both like yeah I think that's probably a good idea so that was 10 years ago
0: awesome um so let's talk a little bit about that you said that working with your wife for 10 years and uh there were there were ups and there were downs um talk a little bit about you know working with your spouse or a lot of photographers out here who maybe (laughs) their spouses are doing exactly what you're doing where it's running the back end and they're shooting or
1: yeah 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 uh God bless you, (laughs) all of you (laughs) for giving it a shot and for sticking with it. Um, It's, it's tough. We, we always, you know, when we, when we would speak, this would be like the question that we got most of the time. And we would always say that the challenges are that much harder and they are, I think, but the victories are that much sweeter, right? Like, so when you accomplish something together, it's that much better because you get to share it with your favorite person in the world. And at the same time, when there's a failure or an issue or an obstacle, it's that much harder. We would, we would say that, uh, you know, typically if you're, if you're, if you have like a normal job, I, I would guess I would call it, and you're not working with your spouse and you come home and you're stressed or there's a problem, you have your spouse to talk to about it and they can like help you go through it when you're, when when your spouse is the cause or a big part of said stress, or you're in in the mix together, it's not the same. Um, we would say that the shoulder to cry on is attached to the neck you want to ring, because you you don't have that ability to really unload on a person when they're either the cause of the stress or a big part of it with you. So it's just different. Um, but I wouldn't change it for the world. We had. A, an amazing time. And, you know, my office is here and this is our studio. Um, so it's not like I'm completely absent, you know, I still take out the trash or, um, you know, fix printers when they when they sure. need like that. And every once in a while, I'll get pulled into a what do you think about this meeting sort of thing. But for the most part, it's, it's my wife and a, and a few people that are helping her with the studio and I'm kind of on the outside. Yeah.
0: What's the difference between those two where you're kind of more removed now and then when you're really kind of in the midst of it all? Feasibility.
1: <laughs> this this works a lot better for for us. Um I'm just very high level. I mean, technically I I own half the studio. Um and so very high level stuff I get I get pulled into, so that's not very often. And it just makes more sense for us relationally. Totally um i mean for a while there i got i got pulled in you know 18 years ago because it was necessary like there if we wanted to do this we didn't really have any other choice that made sense and and now you know you you build up your business over a long time and you create a brand and you get to a point where you have more options and so for us this is the best option i totally get not everybody's in that situation especially if you're just starting out you know you you got to do what you got to do yeah right which is well let's
0: let's take that for example i mean you guys were working together for 10 years before you kind of you know moved on to the next chapter and so other people who they might not have been shooting for for 10 years yet much less running a business with their their significant other for 10 years
1: right 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 you know i I understand the struggle. Let me, let me put it that way. And it's, it's nice to be in the position that we're in now, but there is something about going through that together that I would hope that people that are in it, that are in the mix, that are going through the highs and the lows that you can, you can sometimes stop and step back and, and realize how amazing it is that you get to do something like that together. Cause it really is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned, you know, the transition from I don't I don't even know when it was, it was in the the early two thousands where film to digital. Yeah. Um. And now let's talk a little bit about that transition to almost like overcompensating, kind of like that pendulum swing, is almost all the way to digital, where yeah. a lot fewer photographers are are offering products. Um, yeah. and you know, a new photographer pops up and they send out the gallery of images and kind of wash their hands and they're done with the the senior. Um, yeah. but I found products to be such a powerful part of <laughs> photography business and experience. So what's your take on that whole transition and just kind of your two cents coming from someone who is, you know, so invested in, in products and sees the value of them?
1: Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, first of all, just from a, a practical business minded standpoint, those, those models are totally fine if you don't care about money, <laughs> you know, like if that's what, and I, and that, that's not even hundred percent true because there are some people that rock that model and, and can make a killing more power to you. But for most of us, if you're not offering products, you're leaving money on the table. Yeah. The other piece is that applies to everybody, even if you are making a killing, just shooting and burning or delivering digitally only, is that I believe that most of the time you're doing your client a disservice. Absolutely. Not always, because you know some you know there are applications, there are situations and circumstances where that's all that 's necessary, really all that 's needed or wanted, right, no matter what, but most of the time, I think um, in general, your client wants a wants a physical product, whether they know it or not yep. that sounds arrogant, I feel like Steve Jobs when I say that, like you almost have to we're in a situation sometimes where you have to tell your client or show your client what they want. Exactly. And that's, that's true. Even if, even if they do want a product, a lot of times you still have to show them what it is that you think is best for them.
0: Well, you know, what does, what does Steve Jobs say? He says something along the lines of your client, your pr- customer doesn't know what they want until they, th- until you tell them what they want or something like that. Something
1: along those, yeah. lines. He said a lot of things, but you know, uh, regarding all of that, he, it, he was right basically in a lot of ways because your client doesn't know most of the time what's really available to them and what you're capable of unless you show them, you know, there's the show it to sell it type mantra, right? Yeah. Um, There's the, you know, when someone comes in a lot of times, even if they are interested in products or open to the idea, one of the first things they say is what do you recommend or what, what do you think? So you, so being ready, In those scenarios is is a big deal like show them what their album options are right show them what their wall art options are um have samples um those those are all huge deals that don't take a lot of effort on the front end from you as a business person or an artist or both um to to make it happen right it's it's not a lot of people get freaked a little freaked out by products you know i don't know how to sell i don't know yeah, a lot of times it it speaks for itself when they see a beautiful album or a beautiful yeah. wall portrait on your wall.
0: Yeah, well, and I was just, um, you know, this is not just happened, but at the time of this recording, you know, this past weekend, I was at a grad party for one of my recent graduating high school seniors. And she had, this isn't hers, but she had out one of the 11 by 14 albums. Yeah. And, you know, you open it up and it's edge to edge. Yeah, the pages are thick. Yeah, and I can't tell you the first thing—I kid you not—the very first thing that her mom says to me as I walk in the party is, "You would not believe how many compliments we were getting on yeah. on such and, so and so's photos yeah. from the album yeah. they had it laid out, and it was—you know—people are so used to those companies that you can just go to online, and from a consumer standpoint, right. and the pages are—you know in and they don't stand up and and so you talk about having samples and and showing kind of your clients as you know these are the album options that you have these aren't just what you can get from sam sam down the street at the the kinko's print lab or whatever it is Um, these are these are high quality by
1: looking at it you can tell by looking at it and the second you hold it or turn a page, it's, it's a completely different experience. Yeah.
0: When it's the same thing where it's, um, crazy story. So Apple, if you've ever walked into an Apple store, they actually have a tool that measures. It's kind of like a protractor measures the angle that their screens are. So every day when the store opens, what they do is they actually angle the screens in a certain way to encourage people to touch and feel that product, to form that emotional connection. Um, and so it's like the same thing with those sample products where all of a sudden you you look at the album and say, oh, that's nice. And then you feel and you're like, oh. Right, yeah,
1: right.
0: This, right. Is, this is next level right here. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: So, all right. So now we've kind of talked about you know, the importance and from just a practical business sense, why it's smart to offer products. What are a couple tips that you have for photographers who might be struggling where they say, you know, Jed, this, this isn't in my, my business model. I don't know if I can do it. Um, What do you say to those photographers who are on the fence? Start small,
1: pick a thing, right? Pick, pick albums or pick. I, I, I prefer wall art for a few reasons so i would i would probably if given the choice pick wall art but sometimes in senior photography like the album is the thing right yeah on your market and and your photography and what you're the type of experience you're offering so i don't want to rule that out
0: well let's let's also talk even geographic regions we're on the west coast of course it's a lot harder to sell wall art because the homes are a lot smaller versus you know in the midwest where well they
1: say that on the east coast a lot of times yeah too. I, I remember a friend of mine from New Hampshire said that we have to sell a lot of panoramas <laughs> because people's, they, you know, everyone lives in an older house and they they have eight foot ceilings. They don't yeah. have these great room. In the Midwest, you know, everybody's got a great room with 20 foot ceilings and it's no big deal. So we're, you know, it's not, it's not too far fetched for us to sell, you know, huge wall prints all the time because that's what's appropriate. Totally. To um, so that's, that's a really good point. But I Either way. Pick something that's going to make sense um, and start with that. You, you, don't ha- don't, you don't have to bite off more than you can chew. Give it a shot. So, you know, if you're not a client, you can sign up at, at White House, get the process started, send in five test prints to see where you're at color-wise. And then once you get that locked down, which is usually very, very simple, easy, fast, you don't really have to do much of anything most of the time, is um, order a sample album. You get a big discount. You can see what it looks like. You have it in your hand and then on, on a client that you think would make sense, give it a shot and design something on spec for them. So when they come into their appointment or when you meet with them, or even if you're showing them an online gallery, it's done. It doesn't need to take a lot of time, you know, just throw something together. Um, you don't need a, you don't need a huge amount of, you know, elements in your design and like an image on a page is plenty. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and give it a shot and show them. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised, uh, how easy it really is. Yeah.
0: Well, it takes, you know, I think from start to finish designing the album and sending it off to you guys is maybe 10 to 15 minutes tops.
1: If it it takes more than 20 minutes, there are things most likely that you can
0: do to cut it down to under that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think even, you know, from a time standpoint where people are like, Well, it's just so much easier to throw them up in a gallery. Well, a lot of times it's not going to take you that much time and the profit and the revenue that you're going to drive from, from those processes are going to far outweigh the time that you're using to spend to shoot another client to really make about the same amount.
1: Throw them up in a gallery and include an album. (laughs) Just, just include it as an option. Right. And, and there are different ways to, to promote that. Right. Right. Um, even if you happen to have one at your session, right. So that they can actually see it and feel it if they're not going to come in again. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's not that hard and you'll find yourself maybe having the freedom to actually work less and make the same, if not more. And maybe that's what you were alluding to there
0: yeah one like you said leaving that album where it's kind of the, one of their first touch points with you as a professional you know i have one i don't i don't um have a salon because i'm I'm on the road so much that yeah. you know i it would sit for nine months out of the year but um my hair and makeup salon that i use one of my albums is right there yep and as yep. parents are sifting you know sifting through the magazines and all of a sudden there's this there's an album, album. by yeah
1: yep and it's it's right there for them well, and so that does that's another point is working with vendors and having your products out there, not just you know like a five by seven or a little brochure or even a little card or even like business cards up at you know at a desk if you're working with the salon, but yeah. having that album there is a great a great way to advertise who you are in your business and in the person's home. It does the same thing. We know that the best way to get new clients is referral. And what a better way than for someone to see their friend's album or their friend's uh, photos on the wall or whatever. That's a huge, it's one thing to see everything on Facebook and social media in general or Instagram is, is a big deal. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying one over the other. I'm saying, don't leave one of those out. Yeah. They, they, they they work so well together in tandem.
0: Right. Well, and I think that, you know, you mentioned the importance of uh, social media and, and showing your clients even if it's not physical. You guys do a really cool almost like an informational guide that you s- just started putting out with all the products and it's unbranded so that the photographer can use yeah, it in their own business without really having to tweak much. Those are inspiration guides. You can get them for a buck a piece. I think you get them 5 at a
1: time and you essentially you essentially get the client version which is like a square. It's it's the aspect ratio is a square and then your version is uh, vertically oriented because so there's more information in there. Like your version has the branding, your version has the pricing. Theirs doesn't have any pricing. It's you know it's got your pricing. Their version doesn't have any pricing, but it has all the same images and pictures mm-hmm. and, and information regarding the products. Um, and it's a fantastic sales tool. Yeah, um, it's a great way for them to see what their options are and totally. and how they're used because all the shoots are styled shoots. So you see like the way that wall portraits and albums are actually integrated in somebody's home. Yeah.
0: Um, so let's get off the the topic of photography. You just got back from uh, Italy at the time of filming. Yeah. Um, let's talk about travel and taking time for yourself, kind of stepping away from business and how important that is to growing as an individual and keeping your sanity. You know, again,
1: I, that this comes back to, that is very important not always possible not always feasible we we went through a very long stretch of time where that wasn't an option because we were pouring ourselves into getting this thing off the ground and so if if that's where you're at keep at it so that you can get to a point where travel and more time for yourself is feasible i would i would say to anybody carve out some time whenever you can but yes taking time for ourselves and our our family with we have two kids is a huge deal you know if you're not doing that or you're not able to do that then what what are we doing you know like what's going on it's such a big deal relationally uh, with your spouse if you have kids with your kids um to do that and to step away because otherwise, and and we, this happened to us, you know, your business becomes your identity. And oh my goodness, I can't can't speak enough against that. (laughs) You know, I'm all about being all about your business and your brand and getting, you know, getting your hustle on and making it happen. But your business is not who you are. You are not your business. You are you, your business is a separate entity. And I think that, you know, from, a, from an identity standpoint, ne'er the two shall meet, you know, keep them separate. Keep You know, strive for that healthy balance, that healthy order in your life of priorities. Um, and sometimes, you know, that's, that's a little fluid. Things shift, right? There are times when you're like, I got to work tonight and I might have to work till three in the morning. Mm-hmm. But if you find yourself working till three in the morning all the time, and you don't recognize your kids, and they don't recognize you, or you don't recognize your spouse, or your significant other, or your, or your buddies, or whatever. might want to rethink what's going on. You know, five years goes by pretty fast. Ten years goes by pretty fast. And it is easy to slip into that and then look back and, and have a mountain of regret. Totally. So don't do it. Don't do it.
0: Well, I think you talk about, you kind of alluded to those stages where, you know, there are stages where you have to grind. And yep. so, you know, those five day kind of trips to the beach or, or the mountains or whatever aren't really possible. No, right. But, you know, six hours out with your buddies every, every two weeks or something like that. Or A 20 minute walk is good for some people sometimes.
1: <laughs> Just yeah. get away from your machine right or your camera like get away just w- take a walk outside you yeah. know take a take a nap <laughs> do whatever do whatever is good for you to step away from from what it is and i th- i think you'll find if especially if you incorporate that ritualistically even into your into your daily routine or your weekly routine that it can make a really big difference and keep you grounded
0: right yeah. Well, I don't know if you're as routine-based for me where I I like having my routines and, you know, it almost is it's just a way to, I think, put you in the right mindset. Right. Um, and so if you start to include those times away as part of your routine, I think that actually opens you up creatively where all of a sudden it's not you, – you're you're turning from kind of so much introspection of what, what can I do at this time while I'm creating versus – being open to thoughts coming in while you're on that walk like you mentioned or it's an intentional change of perspective right
1: when you when you're standing at the base of a mountain you can't see the mountain you just see whatever's right in front of you and maybe that's just a bunch of rock or a forest or whatever it's like can't you can't see the forest for the trees right you step back from something and and your whole perspective changes. A lot of times you can see things a lot more clearly. You see things that you didn't even know were there about your business or about your relationships or whatever. And you're in a much better position, I think, to consider what your options are, um, which, which way you should go. Right. And if you just stay in the grind all the time, you'll miss that stuff in your business in your relationships and in everything.
0: So, how do people overcome that? You you mentioned it's a, a shift in perspective.
1: Well, the shift of perspective is the is the result of an act of will, intentional. You know, being intentional with an act of will and saying, "I am going to come out of this like this," whether it's a walk or whether it's a trip or whether it's conversation with uh, with a friend or with a business partner, or whoever. Like, uh, this is what this is going to look like. I need to intentionally seek this perspective, which is an outside perspective away from, you know, all the minutia of my business. Um, And I'm going to incorporate that on a regular reoccurring basis, whether it's once a day on a walk or whether it's once a week with a conversation um, or whether it's, you know, once a quarter with a weekend trip or twice a year with a week long trip, whatever, you know, whatever you can do or whatever makes sense. Um, It's the intentionality that it is, it requires sometimes at the beginning, especially an act of will, because it's one of those things that if you get really wrapped up in your business, if you don't purposefully try to make that happen, it's likely not going to. And then again, a year goes by, five years goes by, 10 years goes by, and you're like, oh, well, at least I worked really hard.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: like, Woo,
0: that was great. Lots of hard work. Lots of hard work and then you you might have a business, but then all of a sudden you look around and that's it.
1: You might have a fantastic business, but in some cases that might be all you have and you might have lost things or missed out on things that you know with that intentionality in place, you could have had all of that. And who knows what comes with the rest of that stuff with relationships and with things outside of your business. Amazing things that a lot of times contribute to the success of your business?
0: Absolutely. What I think is, is important to keep in mind too, where everybody says, I want to build a big business or I want to grow a successful business or I want to be successful. Right. And, right. and people purely look at it from a monetary aspect where sure. they want to hit a financial goal. They want to hit um, a certain number of clients per year. Mm-hmm. And they forget that in a lot of ways, success doesn't look like that. What we see when we, you know, we look at somebody and they're like, "Oh, that person's so successful." Um, And what I've kind of I've been actually thinking about this a lot recently. What I think it boils down to is is freedom. I think it's having the freedom to do what you want with who you want. I think that's ultimately, at least for me, what success boils down to is having that freedom.
1: Yeah, the the freedom and the flexibility are a huge draw for entrepreneurs in general. Um, the, the other side of that coin in generally is that you're also the one responsible, you know, ultimately. So if something happens, it's on you. Oh totally, yeah. But the but the goal is to of course get to a point where sure, you know, you're responsible for something, but you either have, you know, solutions for those ready um, or you have things in place that prevent most of those issues. Um, so that you can have that freedom. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, financial freedom comes along with freedom in general. And I understand all that. And I don't think, and you're not saying this, but I I don't think that having financial goals are a bad thing. You're not saying this at all. No, no, no. I don't think, think so. It's a very no. good thing. No. But I think it's, I think you put yourself in a dangerous situation where you get laser focused on the money. Yeah. And nof- and nothing
0: else exactly okay. I think it's I think it's when you. yeah, I think it's when that becomes your only yeah. measure is yeah. when you, when I, I think that's when it gets dangerous right when
1: that gets fixed at the top of that what I was talking about fluid priority list of priorities when that gets fixed up there at the top you'll you could be in
0: trouble so um what are you kind of obsessed with right now or inspired by or into right now besides photography whether that be a hobby or spending time with your kids literally whatever. Well, I
1: I have a podcast with White House. That's you asked yes. me earlier and I didn't tell you that. But that's actually what I do. A big part of what I do for them is 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 my podcast. It's called This Conversation. It's at conversation.whcc.fm. Uh, on the web, they find and, you on
0: iTunes and, and Spotify. On right?
1: iTunes and I don't, not Spotify. So, so just much, iTunes, certainly iTunes. And I think Google play. Um, but my favorite thing to do is talk to people. Not, I don't like speaking like to big groups. <laughs> I actually hate that. Uh, <laughs> I will do it mostly begrudgingly. And I, and I will put my all into it, but I'm scared of it. That's, you know, it's, it's a fear thing. I'm terrified of it. You know, a lot of people say most people are more scared of public speaking than they are of death. That's me. Yeah, death does not scare me at all. But I am absolutely terrified of speaking in front of large groups of people. But small groups of people, or one-on-one or one-on-two or three is my jam. Yeah, What I love to do. And I like, I like to talk about the what's and the why's of stuff, man. And I don't care what someone else believes or thinks. I just want to know what it is and why they think that way. I'm super fascinated and curious about that stuff regarding other people and their thoughts and, and, and how they live their
0: lives based on that. Do you have like that's a psychology background or anything like that? Well, I
1: have a, I have a, that's my, ho- it sounds weird.
0: You know? I was about to say we have therapist jet over here up in uh up in real talk in this conversation today.
1: Well, I, it's, it sounds weird, but that, that is my hobby. It was, oh, I love it. I had seven majors in college. I didn't do college. Holy cow. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make it through actually, but uh, psychology was one of my majors during those years of my, those tumultuous years of my, of my existence. And it was because that's what, like, that's what I really, really love is what other people think and why they think that like, that's, I I can't think of anything that is more intriguing to me than that. So, but yeah, I, I'm really into movies and music, and I play video games, and uh, I like home theater gear, and I like gear in general. Uh, <laughs> you gear junkie? Yeah, a little bit. I I uh I like spending time outside with my wife and kids. We hike a lot, and um we ride our bikes a lot, and go to the park a lot, and that's and grill out. Like I love grilling out mostly because I love eating delicious food. Yep. Um uh, and so though and travel. Travel is fun too. I generally don't like the act of traveling. I like I like point
0: A and point B. I just don't like the line in between. Let's let's talk about that because I'm the same way. And and I'm my girlfriend, she is uh she is a road tripper. She yeah. loves the journey and she's she I, I got into this conversation with her and I go, you know I was like, I can't do road trips, they drive me crazy because i love that point a and that point b where you know i have that destination planned and she goes i love you know i love stopping at those small towns and finding those people that you don't find anywhere else and those sites and i think there's merit to that but there's a lot
1: of merit to it
0: yeah but let's talk about you know there's so i think it's a different mentality to be honest well it's patient for me it's patience yeah
1: um I I I get, and I don't do a lot. We do some road trips, so I'm in the car sometimes. But most of the time, it's flights, and so it's for yeah. me, it's airports. And oh my goodness, I'm not a fan. Not a fan of airports. Just not. Don't like being there. Don't like waiting. Don't like. You're
0: waiting. you're in Minneapolis right now, aren't you? Well, Illinois. No, no, no. We moved back. Oh, from okay. So you're Illinois. in Morton.
1: Warm- so no, that, so that's, yeah, I'm in Morton. So the other thing is, you know, that's uh, Minneapolis is a fantastic airport.
0: I was about to say there's a place with bomb breakfast tromboli that I trekked across oh, the airport for the other day on a connection.
1: MSP is a fantastic airport. So don't get me wrong about that. Some airports are much better than others, yeah. but now in Illinois, we connect a lot of times depending on where we're going through O'Hare. Yeah. And I think O'Hare is a nightmare yeah um, for connections it is yes oh my gosh and i don't know how many times we've been delayed or canceled or but you know it we go to o'hare then we fly to rome so it's you know two two a little short little flight and then one big flight which is which is great uh but the airport experience in general just right <laughs> i'm <laughs> not me around when when I'm at an airport mostly, my wife could tell you all kinds of stories about me. My kids travel a lot better than I do. Yeah. A lot better than I do. Yeah. So yeah. there's that.
0: See, that's funny. I don't mind airports. I just find, you know, one of the few power outlets there, get some work done. Yeah. Wait like, for my boarding group and then I'm off.
1: I get it. And Vicky does that a lot too. She's like, this is my time or I can just, I'm like, really? You can't. I prefer to do that in my office. Yeah. When I'm at an airport, I just don't want to be at the airport anymore. Yeah.
0: You're ready to get on the plane and, and get on to the next ready, thing. Ready to get there. Ready to arrive. Uh, so what do you think kind of comes next for you in life, whether that be personally or business-wise?
1: We have, business-wise, there are a lot of exciting things going on with what my wife's doing at the studio that she's experimenting with that she's never done and that nobody in our area does so i'm super excited to see the results of those experimental shoots and whatnot come out they'll be coming out and then at white house there is a a list longer than my arm of things that we're doing right now especially um, on the software front Um, sales software in particular we're really focused on and um, incorporating that into ordering making the ordering experience a lot better um, and really just giving our clients at white house the resources um, that they need to do the things that we talk about all the time. You know, like, well, let's make it easier for you to order. Let's, let's help you get your clients the products that they should be buying, right? Yep. Um, and we're focusing on that so much. And there's so many things that are, that are coming out here in the next few months uh, that I'm really excited about. Just great stuff. And then That's personally, awesome. um, I don't know. Um, still just trying to maintain that order that, that balance, um, of, of keeping my, my kid, my wife and kids first. Um, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. So that plays a big part into who I am and what I do. And, and that perspective thing again, that, that, that's what helps me stand back. I think the most and see things from a, Oh, I would, I would call it an eternal perspective as opposed yeah. to a temporal perspective, so to speak. So
0: yeah, that stuff. Cool. Where can uh, people find you and White House uh, on social and online? White House is
1: WHcc.com and um, on Instagram, it's whccpro. Pro. Um, I am Jedness on Instagram <laughs> personally or this convo on Instagram and I'm on Facebook as well. And my wife's uh, photography website is vgallery.net. That's where we're at.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here. I always like to wrap with you getting to ask a question to the viewers and the listeners for them to DM us on Instagram. So you can tag at Jet or at jedness and at WHCC Pro and at Senior Style Guide um, on on Instagram stories as you answer the question. Just you know, screenshot the podcast and answer this question, but. You get to answer, ask them one question. It can be personal, uh, so it could be a selfish question or just something that you're curious about. Um, that you know, they'll have a chance to to answer below.
1: I, uh, I, so I do a lot of consultations, or I have done a lot of consultations for many, many years. And almost every time, if the conversation that we're having goes past the surface, which usually it does, um, not just personally, but even in business, I ask the same question I end up getting to the same question and it is what do you want the question itself is very you know vague ambiguous broad so to speak but the answer um, should be specific as possible so think about that if you if you decide
0: to answer the question I love it (laughs) awesome well, you left us with a lot of food for thought. So yeah. thank you so cool. much. I, I love hearing your insights. You know, you're, you're in the photography business, but you're not in the act of shooting, which I think is a, a super important perspective to have. Mm-hmm. on. So I thank you for, for sharing that today with us. Thanks. So awesome. Well, until next time, uh, Jed, it was awesome having you on we'll make sure that our viewers and listeners are able to connect with you. Shout, shout them out, say hello. Um, And until next time, we'll see you guys on the next episode of Senior Style Guide. That wraps it up for this episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. We are so excited that you guys are joining us and just want to say a heartfelt thank you. I know that there are so many podcasts out there that you guys have the option to listen to. And it really means the world that you're joining us and giving us a part of your day and really just joining in on part of the conversation and, and the community. In addition, make sure that you guys are joining us over on Facebook in the Senior Style Guide group over there, where photographers from all throughout the country contribute, give their input and their advice and their experiences to help other photographers learn and grow. We'd love for you to join us over there as well. So all you have to do is search Senior Style Guide on Facebook, ask to be added to the group, and we'll make sure that you guys get to be a part of the conversation over there. If you haven't had a chance to hit that subscribe button below, please take a second to do that really quick. What that does is it makes sure that you guys keep up to date on all of the content that we're putting out there. We have tons of Real Talk episodes coming to you guys throughout the year from leaders and other photographers that you would love to hear from. So we want to make sure that you do not miss a single episode of that. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. Thank you guys for joining us. And we cannot wait to have you as part of the listening experience for future podcasts. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next episode, and we'll see you around.